Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. All right, kids. Had a little technical glitch there. I know you didn't see it, but I sure did. Thank on it. Straighten that. All right. I think we're going to be all right. Going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Okay. Well, sorry about that. Welcome to episode eight. Eight of the Hosting House podcast. While I multitask here for a couple of minutes, I hate to do that to you. Just kind of something got in my way here that I had to take care of real quick. I think we got that done. I should have, you know, already done it. But anyway, this is episode eight. And as I've been trying to do um, two episodes a week, this would mean that I've been podcasting for four weeks. So, you know, yay me and yay you for sticking around and for stumbling around and finding yourself here. Um, we're going to, I wanted to get this out today. Well, I'm going to, the right day to do it anyway. Um, tomorrow is Veterans Day in the United States or Armistice Day in some places. Um, it's a day that we honor, honor our living veterans. Uh, I'm a, one of those sticklers for the, um, you know, Armed Forces Day is for our active duty military. Our Memorial Day is for the deceased who gave, gave their lives or, or died in service to their country. And Veterans Day is for our living veterans. Because either you're active duty, you're a veteran, or you've deceased. And I don't think we should slam and, and slam them all together all the time. I think each, uh, each group deserves their own unique and special honoring and day of celebration. So I'm really always pretty hmm, picky, I guess is the right word, about, you know, uh, differentiating between the different days. So uh, tomorrow in the United States is Veterans Day. And you'll hear this a lot tomorrow, I'm sure, um, around that Veterans Day originated as Armistice Day. Uh, on November 11th, 1919. 
the first anniversary of the end of World War I. In the United States, Congress passed a resolution in 1926 making it an annual observance, and it became a national holiday in 1938. Then, 16 years later, um, President Dwight Eisenhower, who was a very strong military man, signed legislation changing the name to Veterans Day to honor all those who serve their country during war or peace. And it, it, the nation honors our military veterans living. This is living and dead, I think, was in the original um, legislation. But, um, you know, <laughs> unless you, unless you um, specify that Memorial Day is only for our military members who died in, in battle or in an act of aggression, then you call Veterans Day living and dead for military veterans, perhaps for those who served in the military didn't see battle or the front lines or acts of aggression. I don't know. I It's not worth getting bogged down in it, you know. Uh, we'll have, there'll be, across the country, there'll be parades and, and um, parties and speeches and stuff like that. It used to be a lot bigger thing. It used to be the parades would just crowd. I mean, there was just, nowadays they kind of dwindle off. People are doing their own thing. And it's a shame. But um, out at Arlington, I have a, I have an uncle that's buried at Arlington. Well, he's my grandfather's brother, but at least that would be my granduncle. People tend to, never mind, that's a different story. <laughs> be my granduncle, he's buried out at Arlington, and I want to go out there and, uh, just see his his headstone I never knew him he died in the first world war but um, I'd like to go out there I have a picture of the um, of the headstone um, there'll be a, a, a wreath laid or there should be a wreath laid by at the tomb of the unknown it's supposed to be the president but honestly the president we've got he w probably couldn't find his way over there and he probably has to go home to Delaware to recuperate and get another bolus infusion of never mind <laughs> there's a South Park episode where I think it was Al Gore was drinking the blood of babies that came to mind when I said that and that wasn't very nice of me and I shouldn't do that uh, but like you know like many of you I, I come from a long line of servicemen. I know I had a fa I had family on either side of the war between the states, and I just mentioned that my maternal uncle, granduncle, uh, and my maternal grandfather both served in the First World War. I had an uncle that served in the Second World War. I had a different uncle that served during Korea, and, and that side, that was on my mom's side of the family, and you have to keep in mind, she had seven siblings, um, and, uh, well, she had three brothers and four sisters, but one of the brothers died really young from leukemia. He was, like, right out of high school. I mean, he wasn't very old at all. Then, um, so her oldest sister, 
was gosh uh in her mid 20s i think when my mom was born i mean mom was the last born and she was my grandma was in her 40s when she had her so yeah she had babies for a long time anyway so i had that different uncle that served in korea not in korea but during korea he was in the air force i had a cousin that served actually two tours in vietnam then my my first husband was active duty during uh operation desert thunder that turned into desert storm and then my my older son was in the army he went to a special forces uh training and then he got injured and so he was medically discharged he's okay overall i mean you wouldn't know that he'd been injured but he he has some damage to his spine around the, the cervical area of his neck and he's not allowed to lift more than like a gallon of milk at a time and won't be for the rest of his life unless there's some kind of treatment that comes up and we keep watching i've 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 kept a crooked eye on some of that stuff they're doing over in israel with exoskeletons and i've seen stories of some um experimental treatments that they're doing to regenerate nerve cells in the spine and stuff so i'm hoping that before i leave this earth i'll be able to see him receive successful treatment of that and and he won't have to worry about it because he's awfully young to have all that trouble but anyway I have um, a very deep love and respect for the military and our veterans. And one of my best girlfriends, I was telling you before about Patricia Contrell. She just passed away last year. Um, she was very active. Of course, she'd been active duty for a long time. And then she was here with the West Virginia National Guard. And um, she was very active in the West Virginia VFW Post uh, and her VFW post and the state VFW and served as commander at her VFW post for a little while and she continued to support the National Guard and was a member of a, of a group called a Gathering of Eagles. I didn't she didn't speak a whole lot of that to me and she was pretty good at compartmentalizing her activities so that her quilt group didn't know so much about her VFW work and they didn't know so much about some of this other stuff that she was doing I knew just enough of each of them to know she was involved and every now and again she would tell me about a project but she didn't go into a lot of details about any of them we we met I had told you um, when we were uh, both doing co-hosting at the local AM radio station several years ago but uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on in this area was West Virginia's role in providing members of the military and for the most part it's men obviously we do we do let women in and have really always I mean you had women nurses even in the Civil War and I suspect that women played nursing roles even back in the Revolutionary War and even further back than that but since we're I'm particularly focusing on West Virginia we have provided a significant amount of our population of young men to the United States military. Uh, in fact, um, the, the, it's not current, it's between 2014 and 2018 
the population of West Virginia veterans was 9.2% of the total population of the state compared to 7.5% uh, of the whole population of the United States are, are veterans. So, you know, we, we as a, a small unit and, and really a small state, we have a lot of mountains, so it takes a lot longer to get there. If, you know, if we were flat, it wouldn't take but a couple hours to get from end to end. But uh, with all the mountains, it's, it's a lot more challenging. But so of West Virginia's population, 9.2% are veterans. And in the United States as a whole, 7.5% of the population are veterans. Uh, Wirt, Fayette, and Taylor counties in West Virginia are our top counties for veterans uh, where the population of veterans is around 12% of the county population. The rest of them are ha hovering between 8 and 9, some of them 10. Um, the most significant population of veterans statewide are those who served during the Vietnam War uh, alone. Like so they were in, their, in the entirety of their military service was during their t the Vietnam War era, not Korea, Vietnam, or Vietnam, something else, but uh, strictly just the Vietnam War with no other service. And this came from a, it's a, a site called Live Stories and their West Virginia page. And there's a link, a link to all my stuff is in the show notes. Well, I hope all of it anyway. Um, live stories they have a graph on there or a chart and it's just it's really odd because they they repeat some stuff like they'll say total number of veterans f that have that are that served from um, world war ii korea and vietnam is this percentage but then above it it'll say those that served during Vietnam so it's kind of hard to go through and it, there's not it doesn't break out easily at least not to me you know math is hard math is hard they had a Barbie doll that said that one time and then women's organizations went bananas I think it said math is tough maybe instead of hard it, it was a little talking Barbie it had a little pull string on the back and she said math is tough math is tough <laughs> People lost their minds over that. <laughs> and now, oh Lord, no, don't get me started. I'm trying to focus here a little bit. So, uh, West, the West Virginia Encyclopedia Online Edition. Yeah, actually, West Virginia has its own encyclopedia. <laughs> and I actually have the hard copy edition of it, and now it's online. So, it's the West Virginia Encyclopedia Online Edition. It says that West Virginia mustered up. 58,000 58, soldiers for World War One, just World War One, and we lost. Well, we had about 5,000 casualties, including dead and wounded. And I know my grandfather had a really difficult time. I think I mentioned that before too. He um, he was ill. He the records that I have for him and they're not complete. There's other places I need to chase down some records for him. I want to put put it all together, but um, show that he was in the hospital a lot. 
field hospital, I guess, but he was in the field hospital a lot. And I know he had a very difficult time when he came back. They used to call it shell-shocked. And um, there were some stories in the family that he would just take off and be gone. And they always assumed that he was drinking, but I have a very good suspicion that he was driving himself to the VA in in Virginia up around DC um, because his medical records have entries that say that um, that he went to the VA hospital for different reasons it would have been after he was discharged so his medical records his military medical records still included some of that stuff and it coincides with some of the stories that I've heard my mom and her sister say over the years about, you know, daddy would be gone. He'd just up and leave. Well, he was, <laughs> he may have been going up there to dry out because he did drink. I have to admit, I've got some heavy drinkers in my gene pool. Um, and he used to, he used to drink. And when he drank and my grandma drank, they fought. Oh my gosh. Some of those some of those made-for-TV Maury, Maury, uh, is it Maury Povich, the guy that brings these people on, who's my baby daddy and all that stuff, and they, they get into these big knockdown dragouts. That's the kind of fights my grandparents used to have. I, I never knew it. My grandma died of cancer when I was just a year and a half, so I never even knew her really. But um, yeah, I've got pictures of her she used to work at a restaurant and uh, my grandfather would be sitting on one side of the counter and she was sitting on the other side and she was smoking and he was smoking and she had this big old black eye I mean it's not funny but it's funny I mean it's just so so stereotypical and they stayed together I mean she would be gone for a while but then she'd go back and uh, in today's world they've got all kind of psychological diagnosis for that but back in the day it was just how it was you know it's just what they did. They beat the the butter out of each other and stayed married and loved each other all the way. I didn't have that in me. I did not have that in me. But anyway, so um, 58,000 soldiers for World War One out of this puny little community called West Virginia. That's a lot of people. That's more than the population of the city of Charleston right now. The city of Charleston, our capital city, has less than 50,000 people in it. And 58,000 from the entire state of West Virginia served in World War I. And I thank all of our veterans and stuff. But now here I'm going to go off on this little side now that I've got the official thank yous out of the way. Why don't we acknowledge, and it wouldn't have to be at the same level, not, not having parades and stuff, but why don't we acknowledge the service of the military spouse and the military ex-spouse? And, and I qualify ex-spouse. It would need to have a significant number of years there. You couldn't just be a couple of years and then, well, except that you'd have to think about that too because the military... You, you serve a couple years and get an honorable discharge and you're a veteran, I mean, and entitled to all of the perks. 
but just for this conversation, you know, I've, I've told you, <laughs> there we go. I told you, um, that I had been married to my first husband for 13 years and he was in the army. So I, I had 13 years in as an army wife and our children were his only children by birth. His widow adopted some children after he died. I don't know how that works. I mean, I know how it works, but I don't know, you know, I don't know if they drew on his, um, benefits or not I, I don't know how that would be but um, yeah so if you figure you're considered eligible for retirement when you hit 20 years in with the military and and maybe you can retire maybe you can't retire maybe you can't make enough money if you retire yet maybe you have to put some extra years in but at 20 years you can retire that's the minimum well, as an army wife, full-time army wife, I had 13 years in. That's about 65% of that 20 years. And, you know, I, I get it. Families aren't issued by Uncle Sam. I, I, that was one of the phrases I had to learn to live with when I was young and first married is Uncle Sam didn't issue you a wife. You know, doesn't matter if you want to live off base. You know, we didn't issue you a wife. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we serve. We serve in a different way. You know, when the service member has an unhappy home life, it bleeds over into his, his ability to serve. So, you know. Are we still allowed to say Uncle Sam? I can't keep up. Anyway. When a service member separates from the military, whether he do, just doesn't re-enlist or he resigns his commission if he's an officer or her, I'm not going to say he or her, it, them, but nope, it's just he. That person is considered a veteran. He's got veterans benefits. Now, I didn't re-enlist or I, you could say I resigned my commission in the marriage after 13 years. But Robin, you may think, Really, what did you sacrifice? You can't compare your ser your being a service member spouse to being a service member. And no, not directly. No, I mean I wasn't going to be called up for active duty. I was going to be sent to the front lines or behind the front lines because my first husband was in uh, fire support, so he would have been actually ahead of the line, calling in the coordinates and stuff. But anyway. I, I get it. I, my, my role as an army wife wasn't the same role as the service member. But every time he had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, so did I. And while he was on base working, I was back at the house working. I was working on, on the house, taking care of the house, paying the bills, you know, cleaning, cooking, planning, balancing the budget, you know, clipping coupons so that we could afford stuff watching the sales papers, you know, planning. I mean, it's not, you don't just sit there and, and snack on Hershey's Kisses and, and then poof, dinner's done and poof, the laundry's done. And back when I, back in my day, back when I did that, his BDUs were a, just a nightmare. 
I had to press his BD <laughs> when we were first married we didn't have squat I had to press his BDUs on a dresser and I had to, I put magazines or newspapers I keep newspapers I think between uh, a towel and the dresser so that it mess up didn't mess up the dresser because it was a furnished apartment and if I'd messed that up they'd have made us pay for it we didn't have any money <laughs> but I pressed those things and you weren't supposed to starch them but we did anyway because you need those those press marks they need they really they needed to be just sharp enough to you know cut paper but of course you you can do that and we tried all those tricks with soap put soap in the seams and stuff to make them sharp and all that stuff I don't guess I don't know if the guys if the kids today have to do all that stuff or not but you know I tried sewing on these um his patches and and stuff but we ended up having to tear them back out and sending them to have them done because I couldn't get them just perfect enough because I'm not a professional seamstress. And they wanted those things exact. And we just didn't really have the money to have them sewed on by, um, you know, the laundry. And um, the, But he ended up, he we had to, you know, cut back and, and have it done. He may have borrowed some money to have it done. I mean, it wasn't real expensive, but we didn't have a dime after after the have-tos were paid. It was, now yeah, it was all right. I mean, there's, I look back with a few fond memories. There was some fun stuff early on, but, you know, when you divorce, you divorce for reasons. But, you know, I was back there, I was doing that, and we didn't have a washer and dryer for a couple years. And when we weren't, we, I couldn't haul everything to the laundromat by myself. And I wasn't going four or five times a week because that was just crazy. We didn't have a car at one point because he'd run a red light and, and destroyed ours. I mean, it, there was no fixing it. It was just flat destroyed. It's a wonder he didn't die. He did that a couple times while we were married, wrecked. And uh, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have lived through it, but he did. Anyway, so I'm back home doing all that stuff. And, you know, when the kids came along, you know, I had to, and when he had to go to the field or if he had to go to summer camp or something like, you know, I was, I was there taking care of the kids by myself, just like a single parent, you know, paying the bills, raising the kids, taking them to medical appointments. And our younger son was a very premature child and he had a lot of physical therapies, uh, speech therapies, um, oh, um, occupational therapy. He had a bunch of stuff we had to go to. I guess I didn't have to send him, but he, it, it was good for him. It's what he needed, and it helped him catch up to, because he was, he was, a lot of premature kids are uh, 18 months or so behind in development uh, because of the problems and, and time they have to spend in NICU and stuff. So, Ryan was behind, and so I was the one taking him to all of those appointments, and I'd have to drag his brother with us because where we lived there was nobody close there was no babysitter close and I have to take the car and have it serviced and after we got another one and I mean there was times I even had to take the boys with me to the gynecologist that was fun but they behaved well when I had to do that um, my older son he wasn't very old but he was old enough to understand stay put stay right there and my younger son was in a car seat. So he had to stay put. So it was it it was okay. 
but then there was the the year that oh I was so mad we this is this was as things were starting to come apart in the marriage um and I I counted up I, I was marking the calendar every time he was gone for work or at least what I thought was work <laughs> I'm not going to do that here um and I can't it was 250 days one year 250 days he was gone one year crazy we used to argue about that stuff because some of it he didn't have to do some of it he could have come home or opted out of it uh, just long stories many so many lives ago it doesn't matter anyway so after 13 years of that life why you know why don't I get a little love <laughs> why don't I get a you know she she spent 13 years as a military spouse card and get a cup of coffee here or there I mean I I, under, I, I really understand this is just kind of a, a gripe session my sacrifice was nowhere near what theirs was or is for the active duty ones today but still you think all that time all that time and nothing <laughs> nothing oh the neighbors driving a lawnmower up the street All right. Well, there's been no word from the surgeon yet. I told you already, I do know that those two places are basal cell carcinomas. Uh, my niece works in state government, but she works for the re retirement, um, public employees retirement here in West Virginia. And she spent about a dozen years in the insurance, medical insurance part. And I asked her, I said, now, I know my insurance isn't the same as what you worked with, but on average, are, do you think that the dermatologist is trying to get the preauthorization taken care of, or does that come before the surgery, or what happens there? And She said her experience has been, although mine may be different, her experience working with the insurance companies and stuff has been that once the dermatologist got the results from the test back, her office would have to then secure the preauthorization to refer me to the surgeon. And then once I get over there, then the actual surgery will have already been approved because it's part of the preauthorization to go over there. And she said, give it a week to 10 days. So uh, Monday will be a week and I'll just wait and see what happens from there. It's just a matter of scheduling um, because next week, which is the last full week before, isn't it? I believe it is the last full week, full week before Thanksgiving here in the United States. I know some of my Canadian friends, they've already had their Thanksgiving. Um, month view. Yeah, yeah. N next week's the last full week before Thanksgiving. That's when I got to remember to put the turkey out, let it thaw. I have to take my dad to two appointments. He has an appointment on Monday and Thursday because dad doesn't drive to Charleston anymore unless it's absolutely necessary and he has no other choice and he has like four different options so he doesn't have to drive himself if he doesn't he doesn't have to go to Charleston. Um, otherwise, everything he really needs, I mean, we've got a Walmart a mile from here and the pharmacy that uh, his retirement uses is 
a mile in the other direction. So within a, a two mile radius of his house, well, actually, I guess it would just be a mile radius because it's, yeah, a mile radius of his house. He's got his pharmacy. He's got a couple options for um, gasoline for the vehicle and he's got a Walmart. Oh, and a tractor supply. And a Mexican restaurant. And there's a subway in the Walmart. Subway sandwich shop. I mean, really, I, we wouldn't have to go very far at all to do anything at all if we didn't want to. But sometimes you just don't want with it. And they don't always have what you need. So anyway. So next week I'll be driving Miss Daisy, kind of, and Mr. Daisy. My sister has an appointment next week that I have to drive her to. Uh, she, it's not so much that I have to drive her to it, is that she can't drive herself back. <laughs> so I'll be taking her for that on Wednesday. So Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'll be driving Mr. and Ms. Daisy. And so I will probably, if I hear from the surgeon, they probably won't do that. Oh, I really don't want them to do it Thanksgiving week, so I doubt that they do it anyway. It'd be awfully close. They're usually pretty pretty well um, booked up so it's probably gonna be right before Christmas oh my gosh you watch I'll be cooking Christmas dinner with a big old patch over my eye because that one spot so close to it huh I had a pastor one time that said don't go borrow in trouble so I don't want to think about that I don't want to borrow no trouble for that so that's that on there and this is episode eight. Don't forget it's episode eight of the Holton House podcast. You know, I used the word the when I registered this podcast on Podbean, when I set it up on Podbean. And um, I went to try to find it, to link to it. And I wasn't using the, I would just put Holstein House podcast. It's not listed that way. The word the is in there. Oh, sometimes I complicate things. But anyway, this is episode eight, and we actually premiered, I, you know, really, I guess, on Podbean, but that's not where I do any. I, the only thing I use Podbean for is, is to upload this thing. Um, there might be other ways, but that's, that's the one I was most familiar with. So kind of like my girlfriend Diane using GoFundMe, that's that's the one she was familiar with may not be the best choice but at the time it was so if you found me and you found me on the fountain app i hope you will boost and make some clips and share all that stuff around with your friends and people who follow you uh, if i bring you value whether it's information whether it's a laugh here or there whether it's uh, a tear because i'm telling you a sad sad story or something I, I hope I hope you will give me value in return and uh, I tell you I do appreciate it I really do I it's it's just amazing to me even though if you try if I converted them to dollars it's really not that much so but when you look at it as a Satoshi it's an enormous number and I know it's really not because it's it's you know just a few dollars American and I'm I'm gonna be learning about some of that here pretty soon um, but it's still it's just it's just amazing to me that anybody would do that and I and I do appreciate it 
And speaking of, H.J. told me or shared with me uh, about a course on Bitcoin from Bitcoin Magazine. And it's 21 Days Bitcoin. And I did put a link to it, the link that he shared with me. So, H.J., if, you, if that's like an affiliate or something like that, I used your link. So, there you go. Um, it's 21 Days to, to Bitcoin. And it's like a self-paced online training or course to help me, you know, put these pieces together better. And uh, that should help me get a better, you know, better grasp on <laughs> this little devil Bitcoin. Uh, now, I've, I did sign up for it in my online, just to prove it, just to prove it. My online confirmation said this. This course is designed to teach you the fundamentals of Bitcoin. Over 21 days, we will help you understand exactly what Bitcoin is, how it works, and why it's improving lives everywhere. Be sure to read through the course rules and remember that you will use the Carrot app to claim your free Bitcoin at the end of the course. <laughs> so there, I need another app. My phone is about, to, I keep having to delete stuff. I have, keep saying, you don't use it that much. Go ahead and delete it. And I keep having to go through and delete images and stuff so that I can drop new apps on my phone. My phone's so old. No, I don't want to look it up again. I don't want to look it up again. I really, and I'm still on that, I really don't want to, I just, I don't want another iPhone, but it's like, the, really the best one out there. I hate to admit that. Alright, let's see where we at. Do, 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 do. Oh, I don't know where we're at, because, um, I don't have this Showing me, do I? Oh, there it is, 37 minutes. I just didn't have it in the window in the right spot. I end up with 80,000 windows open on my uh, desktop or laptop or wherever I happen to be at the time, but not that iPhone. That's one of the things with the iPhone. I can't have a gazillion things open at the same time. And I hop back and forth. It's like having paper on the desk. I... I would some days I just wish I'd never learned of a computer just have papers everywhere because that's what I do with the desktop and trying to scroll through it just can be such a hassle some days it's just a hassle so the 2022 election in the United States are you tired of it already I sure am I'm not sure if I told you or or my dad or who I told but I told somebody outside of my beside of the actual act of voting uh elections are just a big money game i mean i and i don't and i don't just mean the politicians although people like nancy pelosi show us a good example of how much you used to be able to make on the down low as a politician i think those days are starting to come to a close in a way because they they've got a couple pieces of legislation passed but the old dogs, the ones that are there now, like Pelosi and Schumer and um, Romney and Turtleface and all them, they've made their money. They've made their money. The rest of them won't be able to make that kind of money. Insider trading, yeah, maybe. I don't know that. 
But, I mean, the, you know, the machine of the election, though, the machine of the election, all the pollsters, the prognosticators, the marketers, the printers, the web builders, the campaign managers, all those. You see where I'm going with that? All of those kind of people. But they're, they're, they're in it. I mean, they're, they're just part of a machine, a seasonal machine, kind of like, um, kind of like NASCAR or, or the NFL or the NBA. There's all these people that make money on the machine. But pollsters need to, they, I, you know, I said this, I said this the other day somewhere, either to you guys or to my dad or somebody, the pollsters have gotten it wrong for the last six, six cycles. The last six cycles. They didn't see the gigantic Trump thing happening. They didn't see the gigantic Obama thing happening. They kind of force-fed us well, it was kind of more the media than the pollsters. Force fed us Biden. And, you know, there are those who think that there was something wrong. I, I don't know if there was enough wrong to have put Trump in office. But I'm going to tell you, and you know it as well as I do, there were plenty of problems nationwide with machines and ballots and people and all that kind of stuff. Was it enough to, to create create the most votes for any man in history of the United States for for Joe Biden I don't know I don't know but there was something wrong would Biden have pulled it out even without all of what we're wondering about eh, maybe if you compare it to Tuesday's election the results of Tuesday he might have he might have pulled it out either way but it would have been a small margin I don't think it was the overwhelming amount that they say he got. I I don't know that Trump would have won that second round, but I don't know that Biden would have had the total amount of votes that he ended up with. But the um, the pollsters they got it wrong. They got it wrong this time, and all you know all of the alphabet people were just you know. Um, sucking her thumbs and and carrying her binkies around and and whining and crying about how unfair life was that it looked like there was going to be this you know massive conservative overthrow of their preferred candidates and i was really shocked as a lot of people were at some of the people that actually were elected i pennsylvania i just absolutely can't believe I can't believe you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Fetterman might get sworn in. Might. Because he'll have to be sworn in. Otherwise, I think, I don't know, but I think they would have to have another election for his position if he's not already sworn in. So Fetterman gets sworn in. He's not able to complete the duties or he's got so many handlers that it's not really him doing it anyway. I, I just don't think the man is able to, to do it. I might be wrong. I think I told you guys I didn't wasn't a fan of Oz. But I felt that he was better than Fetterman. But still yet, it wasn't my race. I'm in West Virginia. And I'm not even up around Morgantown. So I'm not even that close to them. So I don't, I don't really have a say in any of it. But honestly, I just absolutely can't believe you guys did that. 
I really think you're going to regret it. I really think you're going to regret it. But anyway, pollsters, here's my suggestion for you guys. Team up with Google and Facebook and TikTok. Can't forget the Chinese app. They know every breath we take, every move we make, every bond we break, and every step we take. They'll be watching us. Alrighty now. Talk a little religion. So this morning, as I was getting the husband out the door about 5.10, on the liberal alphabet channel that we watch in the mornings, um, because it gives the local news and local weather and stuff like that, um, they were all, towards the end of that the segment that included this, they were all jacked up. This one little lady was just wound up tight because of a Mars retrograde. You ever heard of a, ever heard of a retrograde? Um, <laughs> see, these are, these are some of the very people who will call me and people like me an extremist. You know, uh, evangelical, awful evangelical people who try to force their religion down our throat and they don't want us to do this, they don't want us to do that. Well, so this chick's up here on the television talking about the Mercury, Mercury, wrong Robin, it's not Mercury, it's the Mars retrograde. There's Mercury retrogrades too, but anyway, this one was the Mars retrograde. <laughs> so I believe in the Lord God, the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, depending on how you look at it. And I'm a freak and a danger to society. I'm an extremist. I'm a mega, mega, which I'm not really, mega, mega people, as Biden would say. You know, I've got, I've got a, a piece of jewelry that has a cross on it. I've, I've got a little Christian flag on the shelf behind my head up here next to my little uh, American flag and a little state flag. I've got all three of them sitting back there. You can't see it half the time, but. I go to church, I carry a Bible, a Bible thumper. Oh my gosh, I'm a Bible thumper. <laughs> and they're on national television. International, if you, you know, it, on one way you could call it international because, you know, they, they satellite it and, you know, you can pick up the feeds all over the world. And they're talking about Mars retrograde. So we're entering a period of Mars retrograde. Now, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get back. I was trying to find the actual text to that segment so that I could get it quoted exactly and I, and I couldn't get it I, I probably wasted 20 minutes trying to tra track it down but um but so I go I, I come across a, a page uh, a website called retrograde today and uh, you know what they discuss is well retrograde so at this point you're saying you keep using that word but I don't know what it is. Well, I'm glad you said that. A retrograde in astrology is when a planet gives the illusion of 
moving backwards. The planet's not really moving backwards. It just looks like it is. So it's an optical illusion. But people base life decisions and blame life behavior on these things. It's an illusion of a planet moving backwards. So what are you supposed to do during this Mars retrograde? You're supposed to work on how you handle stress and conflict. You're supposed to learn how to just let stress and conflict go. You should forgive transgressions against you. And you should use this retrograde to make a goal of getting closure on something that's been lingering for a while. You know, because you wouldn't do any of those things any other day. They kind of sound very familiar. Kind of like some book I carry around the thump. On average, on average, because, you know, the planets are always in motion. The future is always in motion, Yoda said. Um, Mars is about 225 million, with your little finger and your teeth, miles from the Earth. Oh, wait, back up, Robin. 225 million kilometers from the Earth, or 140 million miles from the Earth, give or take a few. And, you know, these people believe that, that that illusion of Mars going backwards, you know, it's, it's not real, it's not really going back, but it looks like it's going backwards, 140 million miles from the Earth, and it can pinpoint on you, it can pinpoint on you from 140 million miles away and mess up your day or your week or your month. Maybe that's why my fountain app is glitchy. Psh. Look. My fellow believers, or followers, I should say, as in followers of Christ, not followers of me, Jeremiah 27, 9 says, Therefore hearken not ye to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon. Hearken not to them. Hearken not. And as I often remind you when I'm doing a little piece on religion, I am a follower of Christ. I'm a member of the United Methodist Church. However, I put the teachings of Christ first, not the Book of Discipline first. And when I discuss religion or my beliefs, I am speaking as a follower of Christ and not as a member of the Methodist Church or not as a representative of the Methodist Church. All right, well, I'm getting ready to wind down, but I want to share with the, this with you that I was able to reach Toolman Tim, and 
some of you maybe follow his uh, channel here. Oh, Joy, if it's not the clock, it's the dog. Make sure he stops that. Um, so, anyways, I was able to reach Toolman Tim and ask him if he would be willing to be on my little program here. And he said he would. And I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, we just we have to work out the specifics of, of the day and time that we're going to record. Um, I could probably do a, a, a um, live stream with StreamYard. Not that it would be hard, but I don't know who would watch it. But I, um, otherwise, it's going to be recorded and uploaded here. And it'll give me, he'll give me a it'll be an opportunity for me to learn to use those splits because you know you can if you have a podcast here on the fountain app you can split your sats so if somebody um boosts me 100 sats tim and i can work out what percentage he might get 60 because i mean he's a lot more well known than i am or for that matter he might get 75 and i would get 25 but you can split that within the app and so from this point forward this particular episode that he would be on every time people boosted that episode then he would get whatever percentage that we agreed on in the split so i i mean i'm looking forward to it i, I have an idea of what i'm going to be asking him about and um, asking for his recommendations on and things like that which may or may not be interesting to some of you guys because i'm going to be coming from from the female perspective and um, not a general like I'm not going to ask him about his politics which I could but th that's not what I'm that's not what I mean so what I'm going to be asking him is going to be okay I'm a female and here's the scenario what's your suggestion so hopefully we'll get that we'll get that worked out soon I hope I you know they've already had in Canada they've already had their Thanksgiving I know he's on the road I think to the end of this week and I'm pretty busy next week we might be able to get it recorded next week but I don't know that I'd be able to get it up until after Thanksgiving but we'll see I'll let you know for sure because I'll you know if you want to know particularly when the episodes coming up then I want you to be able to know that you know oh and, and, you know I <laughs> good grief I've really got to work on my conversational skills here I don't I don't want to come off of some stuffy somebody but I really <laughs> got to work on getting rid of some of these fillers when I speak there's something else I, I haven't been mentioning enough um, and uh, is that if you're traveling to or through West Virginia along the turnpike and I'm on the Charleston end of the turnpike past the last toll booth as you're coming towards Charleston. Consider looking up Holstein House, either at robinholstein.com for now, because I don't have the other site up yet, and I'll tell you when I do, or on Airbnb. And you should be able to find it on Airbnb with a search for Holstein House. But chances are, if you're using Airbnb, you may have to zoom in pretty tight to the turnpike to find me. Because even with the way they've got the searches now, 
it's almost impossible unless you find home share because they they didn't tag they won't tag me as a and b unless i give them some other information that i don't think is any of their business and uh so i'm considered a, a home, i think it's a room share or a home share i forget what it is and so if you don't do that if you just throw some dates in there it's almost impossible to find me it really is but i'm here my husband's here the dogs and cats are here the chickens and ducks are out back um i i enjoy having guests and i will give you as much or as little conversation as you want I don't misread that we're not talking about anything illegal or immoral here no i'm not uh, so i have guests that come in and they like to talk the last guest that we had she sat down here and we talked for a couple hours just about stuff I didn't chase her down and talk to her. She came in and said, can I, can I sit here? Sure, you can. Here's, you know, I'm working on some stuff, but sure, you can sit down. And we talked, and it was great. Other people come in. They'll say a couple of words. I'll show them where breakfast is, where the bathroom, and those kind of things. They'll say, we're going to go up. We'll see you in the morning. And I may never see them until they go to check out. doesn't matter. It, you're the guest. It's up to you. But anyways, consider it consider it um if you decide to book mention that you heard it here on the podcast and i'll figure out some way to add a little value to your stay now with airbnb you're if you sell if you if i tell you in the messenger portion of airbnb look i've got t-shirts for sale for 25 bucks a piece you're you know if you want to buy one airbnb and i'm not saying that they read all of that but if they were to discover, let's say you didn't like your shirt and you complained about it, and then they got in there and read that I sold it, and they, they expect if I'm selling anything uh, or upselling, if you want to use the fancy terms of stuff, shirts or coffee or soaps or anything, they want it listed and they want their cut. And it's another thing that's none of their business to me. Because the only thing that I'm using them for is a way to reach potential guests. The rest of it's none of their business. It's not related to them being a guest, like the bed sheets and the towels and the breakfast. None of their business. If you come in and you see something like the shirt, you see some of the soaps that I have made. I don't have a lot made right now, but I have a few things made. Uh, and you want to buy it, that's between us. So if I were to try to discount you on Airbnb... they're going to want their cut of that so the best way to do that is just to add something of value to your stay rather than to try to play with the play with the amounts so if you decide to book and you mention that you heard it on the podcast i'll figure out some way to add some value uh chocolate uh from locally made chocolates uh, homemade cookies uh, you know if you're into sourdough, I can I can try to have a, a bowl of sourdough made for you. Um, if you want a dozen chicken eggs, if I can get them together right now, is the worst time for that because they're all slow. Uh, but I can get you some eggs together. I mean, a homemade jelly or jam. I mean, you know, there's stuff. There's stuff that I could, you know, help to make it a little more valuable uh, or add some value to your stay. And then if you, you know, if you want to pay with Bitcoin, don't book through Airbnb. You could use, if you find me through Airbnb, if you can't find me on Holst, RobinHolstein.com, 
because you forget it and you think oh wait she's on airbnb let me try to find her don't try to book it send an inquiry and let me know oh i heard about you on the podcast we'll work out a way that doesn't violate airbnb's terms of service because i don't want to get kicked off there uh to communicate off of airbnb to to take for you to pay with bitcoin uh, but any, at any rate, you need to, you know, reach out to me and let me know. I want to pay with Bitcoin, and I'll, I'll figure it up, and I'll figure out a way to invoice you for, I think you can use Cash App. I'm kind of afraid of Cash App. I've heard a lot of bad stuff about it. But um, anyway, we'll, we, we can work something out if that's what you want to do. So if you're coming this way, just think about it. You know, you're not under no obligation to me. I'll never know if you're driving by or not unless you tell me. But we'll come up with something. So we're almost an hour to it exactly in. Before I go, let me share one final round of support this time. HJ, uh, along with the information on Bitcoin uh, Magazine and... Um, will you quit that? My, my, my dumb little Fitbit app thinks I'm trying to run somewhere. <laughs> HJ, along with sending the link for the Bitcoin uh, magazine, 21 Days of Bitcoin, uh, also sent 286 sats. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, HJ. Valdi gratum. And <laughs> you've got to send me the phonics version of this, man. Euphrosisnos. Am I even getting close? Sent 1,425 sats to me. <laughs> and a little lunch money to my girlfriend Diane's GoFundMe page. <laughs> And that's also, that's still, I'm going to leave that in the, uh, in the uh, show notes for, for a long time, the GoFundMe link. But, I mean, <laughs> 1,425 sats. Thank you so very much. Dignus Oprem. So, there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.